0: Friends, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the inner Revolution podcast today we 're going to have some dynamic thoughts from diverse speakers with a biblical viewpoint. Feel free to stick around and prepare to be blessed. So today we want to talk a little bit about uh, dry bones dry bones so and uh, just ways to keep the fire burning. It's a nice cold day out there, isn't it nice? How many are excited about Thanksgiving? All right. How many people can you have at the house? Twenty-five, no. Okay. We're going to have a bunch. All right. Let's turn to Ezekiel 37, and let's just, we're going to pray here. Father, bless our seniors. We love our seniors. Pour out a blessing on them and encourage them, lead them, strengthen them. Father, we pray for our word today. Those that are online, we ask that you'd visit with a personal word, an encouraging word. Thank you, Father, that your word is what we need. And uh, just thank you, Father. Thank you for this amazing weekend we had. Thank you for the answered prayers, the the uh, the wisdom that was imparted. Lord, just we ask that these would be your words today as we open your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, so I want to talk a little bit about, about dryness. And what I mean by that is um, when things are dying... Uh, what can happen is, like the bone, like for instance, the bone, uh, Proverbs talks about like a a person that is bitter, their bones actually dry out, and it literally means the marrow inside the bone dies, or it begins to decay, and it begins to affect and make the bone brittle. And... Uh, <laughs> It's an interesting thought. In Revelations 3, it also talks about uh, the church of Sardis, how it died from the inside out. And that that's a, that's a very interesting point, too. They can have an image and a behavioralism that looks like everything is okay, but inside there's a dying or a rotting or uh, a a moving away from a place of life. and And haven't we talked to people... Uh, that maybe say everything the right way, or they have this great confession, but you can kind of see in their eye that they're just projecting something that they're not fellowshipping with, right? And that can happen in all of our lives where we can kind of project or present a thought that we want people to believe, but actually we ourselves maybe are not fellowshipping with that thought. So the dryness of the bones. Hello, Don. All right. Our faithful Monday crew here. Uh, so dryness can happen when we leave this place of fellowshipping with life. And when we talk to people that are maybe projecting a something that they're not living in, somebody might call that hypocrisy or um, Maybe someone might sing they're projecting something by faith. They're projecting it because maybe they don't feel it, but they want to experience it. What do we do in those kind of situations? Well, we love the person. We don't judge the person. But we also recognize that, that we need to pray for that person. It might even be ourselves. We need to be in a place where we draw near a little bit more intentionally. Um, and, uh, you know not faking it till we make it. That's like a sign, uh, a, a word that I've been hearing that, you know, you just fake it till you make it. No, it's not like that. It's, it's recognizing our limitations and drawing near to God, and God is strengthening us. And I want to show you an interesting passage here, some passages, and maybe they're familiar to you. But God promises to uh, anoint us with fresh oil. And, and that's what I want to look here in Ezekiel 37, because there are times when there is dry bones, our bones are dry. Maybe uh, we're not able to imagine a great thing. Maybe we're not able to encourage ourselves. Maybe there is a time where we feel like things are, um, you know, maybe we'd want them to be different and we're in a place of holding or in a place of limbo. And God says, you know, in these times, uh, I can be very personal to you. I'm going to do a new thing, and I can anoint you with fresh oil. And you know what? You know what's really important, too? And I know we're kind of entering the practical end of this even before we've created the the platform for it. But it's not a time to do a lot of things when when we're dry or when we're in a place of lack but instead it's a time to draw near and be loved it's a time to be drawing near to be to hear from God it's a time to rest in the love of God because sometimes what can happen is we may want to do more to get more but in this that can be counterproductive that can be counter uh, effective as well but instead uh, I love the what this is shared here in Ezekiel 37. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and carried me out into the spirit, out in the spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the midst of a valley, which was full of bones. Now, think about that um, bones. You know, symbolizing death or something in the past that's no longer living, something that's not alive. Okay. And caused me to pass by them roundabout, and behold, there was a very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. Okay. Again, many bones signifying an army of something that was, that's no longer now. And he said unto me, Son of Man, can these bones live? And I answered, and I said, Oh Lord, you know. And and I don't know about you, this is a very personal passage for me, because there are seasons in our life where Maybe we've given up on our dream or we've given up on something that God's put in our heart, and it's very dry. It's, there's like no life. There's no real movement. And then that question comes along, can these bones live? Can this happen again? Can revival happen in America? Can revival happen in my heart? Can God do that impossible thing? Can God answer that prayer? Can God turn that uh, sickness around? Can God meet the financial need? Whatever impossibility or seemingly dead thing, can it live again? And I love the answer here because, you know, he says, Lord, you know. As in, I have no idea, there's no evidence that this is going to work. And I've actually given up, maybe. How many things in our life have we given up on? Uh, I'd like to say in my own life, (laughs) I have given up on things and I don't give up easily. And sometimes God orchestrates us to come right to the very end. And You know what happens? When we give up or surrender or we stop trying to make it happen, God says, you know what? I'm going to revive the dry bones. I'm going to make it happen my way. This is very encouraging to to just say this. Don't give up on what God has put in your heart. Don't give up on that. And he says this, again, he said it to me, prophesy unto these bones. <clears throat> and I know this is a vision about God bringing back the um, the power and influence of Israel, but think about this. Prophesy to these bones. Y- and We heard it recently from Pastor Steve. He shared recently on when your soul is disquieted within you, right? Hope thou in the Lord. In same in, uh, Same preface here is that speak to these bones speak we have to speak to things uh, by faith and not by sight because it might look it it might look difficult it might look impossible but guess what if it's the will of God it will happen the relationship will happen the mission field will happen the whatever the faith heart dream the imagination will happen Again, he said unto me, prophesy unto these bones and say unto them, O oh, ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is so good to say to ourselves on a Monday morning. Okay, we might feel like a bunch of a bag of bones. Here we are just kind of dragging ourselves, maybe. Now, honestly speaking, we don't want to stay here focusing on our condition. We want to we relate to our position and speak to who we are in Christ. And notice this. Hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. And this is where the anointing of fresh oil comes in Psalm 92.10 that I want to look at in a minute. Hear the word of the Lord. Don't hear yourself. Don't hear what everyone else is saying. Don't listen to the Goliaths in our lives. But hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. You shall live. This is such an awesome thing to look beyond what we see, what we know, what we can calculate, what we can quantify, and we speak the word of the Lord. What are we what are we believing God for today? Well, we are believing him for uh many things. Amen. It's 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 a beautiful thing to exercise. Numbers thirteen thirty-three. Interesting verse, Numbers thirteen thirty-three, uh Elisha's bones were in a grave, and a man fell in the grave. And guess what? Exactly. He, he jumped out of that grave alive. Those were Elisha's bones. Elisha was gone. Uh, there was no life that we could detect in, uh, in those bones. But guess what? The anointing of Elisha in this figurative place of his bones... Became something experiential. This man was put in Elisha's grave and he bounced back fully alive. Imagine that. (laughs) Uh, Think about Hezekiah, near death. God gives him 15 more years. He puts health in his bones. The impossible became possible. All right, let's look at Psalm 92. This is a great chapter, by the way. Um, You know, we're in such a, a, a time of shaking. Hebrews 12, 24 through 27 and 28. He will shake what can be shaken so that the eternal will remain. You know, uh, it's not a fun process, but it is a time where God is, he is aligning the bones. He is speaking breath or speaking life, speaking hope, speaking vision into something that is Seemingly dead. I mean, look at Abraham and and uh, Sarah. Uh, Abraham and um, Sarah was it Sarah? Yes, ninety nine years old, right? God speaking a vision about a baby, and and Isaac was the pro- the the prophesied or promised child. And she laughed. What was that? That was a dry bone situation. And then right there, he says, "I'm speaking the word of the Lord." God is not limited to our limitations. So. It's like whatever impossible thing, whatever difficult thing, whatever ridiculous thing that we can imagine today that God has said to you or I, it is based on him. and it will come to pass first Thessalonians 5:24, his way. isn't that good? So a valley of dry bones, maybe you're s- sitting in a heap of bones today. maybe it's so dry, it's like the Sahara desert and it just just Dust blowing everywhere. I was studying recently about the Great Dust Bowl in the 1930s. Do you know it's interesting in the United States, in the Central Plains? I mean, Don, maybe you know you're from that area or close by anyway. From 1930 to 1936, we had a huge dust bowl in our in our in our country. Seven thousand plus people died, but it ruined huge passage, uh, huge uh, places in in the Central Plains. Um, where Millions of uh, of the whole millions of acres of topsoil was was reduced and blown around and killed all kinds of agricultural uh, opportunity from 1930 to 1936 for six years. I imagine that a dust bowl. People had to wear masks and goggles, and it was a pretty serious thing. I I haven't heard much about that, but I, I, I was reading about it last night. It's like maybe that's our life sometimes. Where they said that they would open up the they would uh, open up the calves or the cows, and their, their lungs were full of fine sand. It's like that's a horrible thing. You know, it suffocated them. And this can happen in our lives sometimes when we walk by sight and not, not by faith. This is what fear does. Fear causes us to shift, to relate to the threat and to the danger rather than faith which causes us to relate to God's promise and God's, God's faithful faithfulness. <clears throat> so we want to be careful not to suffocate. Faith, fear will cause us to suffocate. <clears throat> so dryness. We want to be in a nourishing place. We want to be in a place where the marrow of our bone is fat, right? So that's a good kind of fatness, right? Um, so Psalm 92, notice this, this great... Um, chapter here that talks about ways to have fresh oil but in in verse 10 it says my horn shall thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn i shall be anointed with fresh oil and and that's a that's a very um that's a very important point because the oil speaks of the ministry of the holy spirit the oil speaks of what the priests would use for healing but also for ministering you know with the with the instruments of god but that fresh oil i mean haven't we been in a place where <clears throat> all of a sudden we're quickened by the same power that raised christ from the dead we're quickened by that same power in romans eight 11. we've come to the end of ourself we can taste the dust in our mouth and all of a sudden god is like anoints you and i with something fresh, a fresh revelation of the love of God, a fresh understanding of the grace of God, a fresh uh, conviction about the promises of God. This is what he's talking about with fresh oil. And we see this oil represented in 1 Samuel 10, verse 1. David, uh, Samuel anointed David with fresh oil in 10.1 and 10.6 and 10.13. Fresh oil, fresh oil, Lord, we need the fresh oil, don't we? We really do. Look at First John two twenty. The dust bowl can come. You know, the dust bowl can really come into our lives, and it can try to dry out those nourishing places. I mean, if I mean, I remember being in the deserts of Nevada and doing some hiking, and that's one of my favorite places, by the way. Nevada is a, a a great place to go hiking, but. The desert is very hot and dry, but in the nighttime it 's very cold but one particular uh, there 's several but one particular vegetative plant that I remember is called the joshua tree and it 's an amazing it 's an amazing bush that 's actually designed to survive in the desert, just like a palm tree that 's designed to survive in an arid area but again, the roots of these these uh, tree, this palm tree and or the Joshua tree, they go down deep, right? Jeremiah seventeen nine, 9, or 17, uh, 8, excuse me. They go right down deep into the underground waterway, and they're nourished. And, and I love that in 7 and 8, it says, even in the year of drought, their leaf will not wither. Why? Because they're planted by a river, a, st- uh, a place of living water. Well, First John 2.20, we see this fresh oil represented here. You have an unction from the Holy One. Another word for unction is anointing, and you shall know all things. Isn't that good? God has given you and I an anointing, an anointing that breaks the yoke in Isaiah 10.27, a ministry where God is ministering to you and I personally. He's loving us personally. He's encouraging us uh, faithfully. He is uh, pursuing us with uh, an attitude of love and care. Now, I can't explain this because each one of us have it in a personal way. When God visits you, maybe it's a time of prayer, maybe it's when you're quiet before him, or maybe and it's a, it's in a busy schedule, and all of a sudden you see something that Causes you to come back and say, "Okay, God, I need to relate to you. I need to have you as my center. I need to remember you in this situation." And then all of a sudden, we get our sight back, we get our breathing back, we get our we give our we get our equilibrium back. Why? Because now we're relating in the anointing. So this anointing is a, a very powerful topic. <clears throat> uh, David said, "I am weak, yet." anointed by God. Very interesting verse here in 2 Samuel 3.39. He says, I'm, I'm weak, but I'm anointed. It's like, you know what? I'm, I don't have a lot that I can produce right now, but I'm anointed by God. God's hand is on your life. God has orchestrated or anointed you and I to overcome no matter our physical condition, our physical location, or our physical Um, whatever, anything natural, God says, I have anointed you, David, I have anointed you to be king. Now, I'd like to say in a practical way today, God has anointed you for whatever you're facing in your life today. (coughs) That's my practical point I want you to catch today. God has anointed you and I for everything we're facing today. Everything. Everything now we're not going to experience his power or his uh his overcoming nature unless we are dwelling in the anointing uh, we are uh unless we're focusing on him cuz guess what we're just a bag of bones i mean some of us maybe are look nicer bones than others but but we need we need that fresh oil look at 1st john 220 as we I want to look at a couple things here from, with you. Um, verse 25 of first John 2:25. And this is the promise that he hath promised us that even eternal life, these things have I written you that concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing which you have received of him abides in you, and ye not, not, and you need not that any man teach you, but is the same anointed teaching you of all things, and this is truth and not It won't lie. And even as it's taught you, you shall abide in him. What's he saying? He's saying that the Holy Spirit will show you something way beyond a natural teacher. Do we need teaching? Yes. Do we need a pastor? Yes. Do we need a local assembly? Absolutely. But what he's saying here is that the Holy Spirit will teach you and I far beyond anything that we could naturally or uh, uh, understand through deductive reasoning or critical thinking. So what is the anointing? What does the anointing do? Well, I want to show you two interesting verses, okay? Two in, two interesting verses. So <clears throat> I don't know, <clears throat> I don't know about you. I personally have been praying this prayer. Lord, pour fresh oil on me. Just pour it in. Pour it in. Pour it in. I, I need it. I I feel dry. You know, i and it's 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 kind of a funny thing to say. You can be you can be in a very lush place, but still be dry. And what is that? It just means that God is removing all the obstacle or all the options so that you'll be drawn to him. And remember what he said in Isaiah 55, one, he says, come you who are thirsty, come and drink, right? Come and eat. It's like Lord, why am I dry? Or, Lord, why is this happening? God says, come to me. Drink of me. Let me pour my life into you in a fresh way. And by the way, this is the only way we're going to make it in the days to come, is if there's a personal revelation, a personal revival, and a personal uh, ministry of God to us. Now, don't forget, we are anointed for everything that we're facing, right? John Williams passed on into glory. Sandy pray for Sandy. She's an amazing, but she, she's an amazing woman of faith, but she's anointed in this season of loss, right? The whole family. What a way to consider people that have chronic sickness. God says, I'm not doing it to punish you. I'm doing it to lead you to a deeper walk with me. You're anointed. God says, I've given you a special ministry of fellowshipping with me in this dark place. Well, uh, look at look at Luke four. This is an interesting. Pastor brought this up a couple weeks ago, and it struck me. You know, when we think about the anointing, the ministry of the Holy Spirit to us and through us, look at look at these different anointings that are that God is raising up an army. He's raising up a uh, a new wave, a new generation, a new spirit. Twenty twenty one is going to be a year of, an, of anointed uh, advances. Amen. So Luke, look at Luke chapter 4. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. Now notice this. We're going to compare this with Isaiah 61, but look at what he says here. He's anointed us, which means he's given us the ability through his Holy Spirit to preach the gospel to the poor, Yes, naturally poor, but poor in spirit to those that are receptive. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Okay, again, ministry of the spirit. To preach deliverance to the captives. You know, somebody might be asking, what's the will of God? This is, this is the will of God right here. The will of God is our relationship and to know God, and the call of God is an expression of that relationship. And that, that's a good point to kind of bring up a minute. The will of God is my walk with God, my fellowship with God, my relationship with God. The call of God is the expression of that into ministry. And this is, uh, this is why the will of God is to know him and the call of God is to reveal him. And notice this, to recover the sight to the blind. And this last statement struck me, to set at liberty those that are bruised. What an anointing, right? It's like the healing balm of Gilead, okay? When there's a sore, when there's a wound, God is saying, I'm going to pour oil. I'm going to pour my life. I'm going to give you what you don't have, and I'm going to set at liberty those that are bruised. Now, the devil loves to bruise people, but God wants to break people. In breaking, the healing process of that bone brings the bone back stronger than it was previously, but bruising, and I don't know if you've ever experienced it. My son recently bruised his hand. It had a desk fall on him. And it was so painful. The, and I'm sure maybe we've all had bruises. That it literally renders the, the arm or hand or leg or whatever it was bruised, You can't even function, can't even move it. And that's what Satan wants to do. He wants to render someone so that they're not able to move or to dislocate them or to detach them. Because he, the devil knows that if he can incapacitate or neutralize somebody, then they're, they're no threat to him. Well, fresh oil causes us to trust again. Fresh oil teaches us to love again. Fresh oil teaches us to forgive again. Fresh oil teaches us to believe again. Fresh oil teaches us to take steps of faith again. It's amazing. Now, if you look over here in Isaiah 61, I mean, what I'm saying today is I'm saying it quickly, but these are big things, aren't they? I mean, how many, time, how many times in our life that maybe someone's done something to us and it's caused us to be cynical or suspicious? And that dryness, Hebrews 12 says it's a root of bitterness, that Hebrews 12, 15, some instance has happened and it's caused us to be bitter on the inside and therefore we're more cautious or we overthink, or we become more cynical or suspicious. And that can grow in our life and actually hold us back. But God is saying my fresh oil will nourish and root out so that grace can be replacing that dry area. You know, a bruise of a bad relationship or a, a broken promise or someone slandering another person, you know, that's the worst thing to do is to speak evil of another thing, of another person. You know, that's one thing, Proverbs 7, God says, I hate a lying tongue, one that, uh, an arrogant look, and so on and so forth. And and a tongue that soweth discord, this is so destructive, and so it creates dryness, and if it's not checked, we can be led into the congregation of the dead. <coughs> and that's a whole other topic, but Isaiah 61 some of my favorite verses, but if you correlate these two verses, Luke 4, 18 and Isaiah 61, 2 and 3, it's a different list, but there are some similarities. So preach the gospel, heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance, recovering the sight to the blind, set at liberty the bruised, and then preaching the acceptable year of the Lord. That's Luke 4. So think about this. Maybe someone is recovering from failure and they're bruised how do i preach liberty god's not against you god there's there's a there's a second chance there god can redeem and make all things work together for good to them that love god and are called into his purpose what is it? it's pouring oil into the wound this is what we're called to do you know breaking of the bone it has to be set so it heals correctly but a wound Isaiah 1.6 talks about putrefying sores and wounds. And they're not healed. They're incurable unless we turn to God. That's why the world is, their wounds just drive them mad. And so when you and I talk with somebody, someone might say, oh, this doesn't work. I've tried that. The Bible doesn't meet the need or whatever. Or I tried that and it didn't work, so therefore I'm trying this or that relationship and that per, you know talk, that person might be in their fourth husband or wife and what is it it's a wound that needs oil it's a dry area that is hard i mean if you look at the floor of a of a desert what is it i mean what, the floor of the of the desert is hard and it's dry but but you know what you know what is amazing if you pour water on it at first what happens the water will pool, and it will not penetrate. It won't penetrate. But if you keep pouring more water and more water, and the showers, the showers, and the consistent raining on a dry ground, guess what happens? It will penetrate. It will break through. It will nourish, it will nourish that. And what, a, what an example of someone's heart keep loving them God keep loving us god keeps forgiving us god keeps ministering to us god keeps pursuing us well isaiah 61 2 we we see these verses He says he's anointed us to preach good tidings to the meek see it's a little different there he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives see there's a little bit of a variance and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. And here's the ministry of the Spirit, to comfort all that mourn. I don't have, I can't comfort somebody with my own strength, but it's the fresh oil that comes into that dry place of mourning and says, listen, uh, I'm going to turn your mourning into dancing. I'm going to turn this around What was meant to destroy you will actually build you. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give beauty for ashes. See the the grace reversal here. The oil of joy for mourning. There it is again. So whatever whatever valley we may find ourselves in, God's like saying it's going to be a fruitful place. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Mm, That's a big one, isn't it? the pressure or the weight of the world, God is saying, you're carrying the wrong things. You're not meant to carry one thing. You're meant to be adorned with the garment of praise. So it's like this, okay, maybe we don't feel like it or maybe we don't see it. Maybe we don't, maybe we've given up on something. God is saying, don't look at that. Don't look at the externals. Look at and focus on me. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution Podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Your feedback is always welcome.